Welcome back, Formula One fans, to another edition of the Starting Grid Podcast. I'm your co-host, you know, alongside Room Katie, as always. There has been four F1 livery releases since the last time we've talked. The likes of AlphaTauri, McLaren, Aston Martin, and the iconic Ferrari Red, which was released today on the date of recording. Rome, let's start back at AlphaTauri which was released three days ago, I believe. It's a bit of a new look for them. Um, they released delivery in New York, uh, which was extra special considering that's where you're from. Yes, um, but there's some red uh, to mark the partnership with the new sponsor, PKR. Obviously, rookie Nick DeVries joining Yuki Sonoda as the team's uh, partnership for the 2023 season. But... It's it's an interesting livery. Your first thoughts on uh, Alphatari? I just think that speaking on like their livery and stuff like that, I just feel like that red, that random red that just pops out of nowhere. Like I'm not really much of a fan of. Like I got to be straight up with that. Um, their sponsorship was Orland, so they have it on like the halo and the back wing and like some of the side of the car. Um, it's like, I want to like this car, but I feel like the red kind of ruins it for me. So I feel like the rating I'd give this one is probably like a 5.5 out of 10. It's kind of just the definition of mid, kind of like this team, really. I just, I just, <laughs> just got to say that, like, they are a mid team. And we're going to talk about another mid team later who I've probably even more mm. beef than AlphaTauri. And Shay knows of, who, of what team I'm talking about. But yeah, it's 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 getting a little dicey. You want me to you want me to also talk about the the team as well? Um, we'll get into that a little bit later. I mean, okay. I think that for well, for for right now, I'll give my first thoughts, and then we can get into the teams okay. I like for for the season. Listen, I and personally, I might just be uh, biased because blue and like this kind of creamish color, I think, go really well together with the bull, obviously in the middle, the red bull logo. Um, that being it's it's Red Bull's uh, sister club, um, sister team, I should say. But the red is kind of weird. I mean, like at the bottom on the sides of the car, um, inside the the circle of the tire, it it just it doesn't seem like it belongs to be honest with you. Um, but other than that, you know, Nick DeVries is driving the car, so I'm probably gonna be a fan of it at the end of the day. You know? um, <laughs> yeah, so I just feel like, yeah. I honestly, I just feel like that that red just seems out of place, like I mentioned. And yeah, I mean, I do, I do echo your point about that blue and white because I really do like that blue, like overlay with the white splashes because they did it inverse last year, and they like reversed it again, like in twenty twenty one, which I think I think they're gonna probably stick to that blue overlay with the white splashes, but. I mean, it's off Atari. Like, you don't know what's coming next with this team. So they could just come at you in 2024 with the same white overlay with the blue splashes next time. So you don't know what you're going to yeah. get. But if they just stay blue and white for me, I feel like I would probably bump my rating up to like a seven, seven and a half, because I the just colors I mean, look good together. Yeah, yeah I, I, re I really do agree with that, because I think like, I'm just kind of a monochromatic person. Like I like things mm. kind of the same and like just kind of this weird red. I get it that it's Orlin, but like at least you don't need the red there. You could like put it on a white, a white thing in the background. But I don't know. Maybe that maybe that's just me and you. But yeah, that, that that's just that's just kind of my thoughts on that car though, to be honest. Yeah. So let's look at their outlook for the 2023 season. Um obviously last season, 
finishing in second to last place in the Constructors Championship. Really disappointing year for Avatar, to say the least. I mean, you had Yuki Sonoda, who, as if you listened to this podcast before, you know that we're not huge Sonoda fans. And you had a guy in Pierre Gastly who got you some points and a great result at Baku. However, struggled to find consistency in a car that was, let's just say, below average. I mean, they only scored 35 points last season. And to finish behind Haas in what was a dreadful year for Haas, just I think says it all. At least they bring in a guy like Nick DeVries, who we know had a special Italian Grand Prix in round 16 of, of the 2022 calendar season, who has probably the most talent out of all these young guys, you know, that are coming in and going to be rookies, you know, this upcoming season. It's still a rebuilding year. Obviously, as a sister team, you know, the, the expectations aren't the highest, but, you know, you should be finishing above the likes of Haas and, and dare I say, battling with the, with the likes of Aston Martin for, for that seventh spot in the Tractor Championship. Do you think that they have a chance to improve their outlook this season, or do you think that they're going to still continue to you know, fight with, dare I say, Williams for last place in the Constructors Championship. Yeah, I'll kind of save that for, like, our drivers and constructors prediction video because I feel like, like I mentioned in the last episode, like, that, those four teams in the back marker with Alpha, AlphaTari, Alpha Romeo, Will, uh, uh, excuse me, AlphaTari, Aston Martin, Hassan Williams, those four teams are just going to be in this battle for, like, worst team on the grid. And it's going to get really tight. And I, I do think that Afatari will kind of be on the bad end of it. But we'll, I'll, we'll discuss that in depth later. But first and foremost, like Shane said, you guys know how much I do not like Sonoda whatsoever. I was the first one to not like Sonoda. And then Shane came into the picture later. I was like, oh, yeah, I actually agree with you now. Because at first he was like, oh, yeah, Sonoda like, did this and that. And like he's trying. And then like as I, as I, got, as I got to convince him and – Sonoda's racing performance hasn't been up to par. He's like, oh, yeah, now I actually get what you're saying now. So maybe I just convince people on the daily. I don't know why. But I think ever since that season in Driver Survivor, he didn't, like, want to work out with his trainer and just kept complaining, had that, like, messy dorm room in Milton Keynes where they had him in there and everything. It was just – it was not good from the start. And to me, that leaks into his driving because he doesn't give you enough pace and performance on race days, which is my main gripe on Sonoda because – if he actually gave you something in that car, then I would like him a lot more because if because he if he actually has that same tenacity that Gasly had in that car and that same pace that he had to get up in that top ten consistently but still not get enough points, I I would like him a lot more. And it's it's almost like he drives this car or or the car drives itself in like the blandest way possible. And the Vries, on the other hand like we mentioned before, is probably the most experienced rookie on the grid right now. He was reserved driving for like three or four different teams last year. Aston Martin, I think Mercedes at, at one point was reserve driver. I think he was with McLaren at one point for like a qualifying session. And then he stumbled with Williams because in Monza because Albon had appendicitis. And he got that into the points. I think it was like P8 or P9. I think it was probably P8 that he got in Monza. So to get that type of result in that car shows that this guy can really get it done at the level that Afatari needs him to be. Because to me, I think DeVries could take over that gassy role like in a snap of a finger. And he can just take this thing to where it needs to be. And I feel like he'll 
kind of be towards the latter half of the top 10, but not as latter as Yuki Sonoda is. And again, we'll explain that in depth for our driver's championship predictions, because I'm going to save, I'm going to save this hot take for that because it shouldn't even be that hot, but you guys probably know what I'll say about that. Mm. Potentially some rumors starting up that Yuki Sonoda will not be an F Formula One driver come 2024. Um, that's my prediction. Possibly. Possibly. Um, what Rome is going to say in a few weeks time, <laughs> uh, after preseason testing. But yeah, I mean, look, Avatari, they should be ahead of where they are. I mean, listen, like, your your sister team was the most successful team on the grid from last season. You know, if you look back at the 2021, Avatari was in sixth place to start the championship with a, a whopping 142 points. I mean, the downfall from 2021 to 2022 was insane. It was like a roller coaster going down the steepest slope. So, yeah, we'll see what happens with Avatari because we know that there's potential with DeVries. Um, but does Sonoda continue to knock them down? And does it get to a point where, dare I say, midseason, he's gone um, because he's just crashing? Midseason? Okay. That's crazy. To me, even to me, that's crazy. <laughs> Like, even I, to I'm, me, just, the I'm just looking for sound. Not a hater on the planet, bro. That's that's crazy. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, obviously, exactly. you know, he finished in 17th place last year, which was somewhat respectable for the car that he was in. But you know, when you look at the likes of Pierre Gasly, his biggest competitor, he finished head and shoulders above him, you know, with 11 more points. So the proof is in the pudding, you know, if you don't put in the results and you continue to crash, you're only given so much time as a Formula one driver, you know, um, make Schumacher run that the hard way. So we'll continue to, to dive into Afatari in our driver's uh, predictions uh, in a few weeks, but moving on now, Rome to one of my favorite teams, probably my second favorite team, McLaren. Uh, they revealed their MCO 60 car with uh, Norris and Piastri. And it looks very similar to the car in 2022. However, there are some new partnerships the likes of Google Chrome that show on the tires. Um, there is a bit of blue in there. There is uh, a lot more black, in my opinion, than there was in 2022, if, if memory serves me correct. So... In my opinion, it's a glorious car. That might just be because I'm biased and I'm, I'm a big fan of the orange and black. But your thoughts on the Papaya's uh, newest release? And listen, there's th this team is full potential around. You know, two of the most talented, young, talented, young drivers on this grid. Um, the likes of, you know, Piastri being so young and Lando being in his early 20s, like, there's so much room for growth for this team going forward. And this partnership, like I mentioned in the last podcast, I think could be the partnership for the next five, 10 seasons. Yeah, I do. I do like what McLaren is bringing to the table right now, especially talking about the livery, of course, first, like yeah. that. I, I, I do have kind of a gripe with that black though. I would have loved mm. a little bit more orange, but I just feel like the way that it looks like I'm, I'm perfectly okay with the way it looks right now. Just because, like, I feel like that black blends in well with the the splashes of light blue and that papaya just kind of going around the whole car. And I feel like McLaren have always come out with like really good liveries in their yeah. in their time, especially like the real OGs know like when they go back to the red and white, the the 
Lewis Hamilton days, Arjun Senna, like all the 90s, 2000s guys that came in, the glorious mm. McLaren, uh, uh, Mickey Raikkonen. Uh, not, uh, not Mickey, um, Mika Hakkinen, that guy. I, yep. I, I keep mixing those names up. But yeah, <laughs> like Mika that. Hakkinen, those guys. Yeah, the, 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 I feel like the McLaren has such a storied history in the world of motorsport that I feel like you, you can't really be mad at McLaren about their liveries and the history that they've had. And it's just amazing what they bring to the table every year. And I feel like it's going to be kind of the same thing with, you know, Lando and Oscar, like easily these guys are the two most exciting driver lineup setting to this year for me, other than Williams, of course, because you guys know my bias on Williams. We talked about it last time, but I mean, you guys, you got Lando who was the best of the rest last season and it's only going to get better. And once like, Lewis Hamilton retires or some seat in the big three opens up, maybe Checo retires in a few years. I feel like the first person these teams should call is Lando Norris because he, he can possibly get so much better than like where, like where we think he's going to be. He just didn't perform in a McLaren because of the DNFs and all of the like mid mid table and the top 10 finishes, but he has the potential to be really special. And Perhaps maybe this season he might he might pull off a George Russell and get his first win of his career and possibly mm. more if he feels up to it. And on the other side of the coin, you got probably one of the most hyped prospects in F1 history in Oscar Piastri. I'm kind of using a baseball reference there when I say like the most hyped prospects because you're talking about like the, this guy is like hyped up to be like the Shohei Otani and the Vlad Guerrero Jr. of Formula One right now. And, like I said, people are starting to compare him to some of the best drivers on the grid, like Leclerc and Russell. And even though he's won in F3 and F2 and back-to-back seasons, he hasn't been behind the wheel for a whole year because he was a reserve driver for Alpine. And you, there's a lot of questions that come with that. You don't know if there's going to be some rust that needs to be knocked off or if he'll just slide right into that McLaren and him and Lando will just be duking it out on the track and just have some great competition with each other. Again, a lot of questions need, that need to be answered on track, but I'm really excited about this team, and I can't wait to see how the season unfolds for them. I feel like they could be a really, really special team if, if everything goes well. I agree, too. And for me, at the moment, you know, you look at Alpine's outlook for the season, they're right up there with, for me, they should be favorites, in my opinion, for best of the rest of the Contractors' Championship, you know. That's how talented this team is. The gap last year was 14 points between them and Alpine. Um, McLaren kind of came on strong uh, at the end of the season, especially in Abu Dhabi. But I'm just looking for some more consistencies. You know, no points in Bahrain last season, last year for, for, for McLaren. No points in Miami. No points in Canada. No points in Belgium. Like, this is a team that should be getting in the points at least one or two every single race of this driving lineup, you know, because they're one of the top five teams in in, in – and the constructors, so you be, should be finishing in the top 10 every single race, you know, unless uh, the crashes occur, of course. But there is so much talent with this McLaren team, and I just can't wait to see that orange car back on the grid. And it's a shame because, of course, you know, the likes of Danny Ricardo is no longer there, and it didn't work out with, for him and McLaren. But I think they've, they've parted ways because they've, they've realized that, you know, we've got this exciting driver in Lando Norris that, you know, can be something really special. And even in my, in my opinion, you know, Lando Norris can challenge – for potentially number six in the driver's championship this season. I think he's that talented. Yeah, I mean, 
I think he's just as talented as the likes of Sainz, Russell, and Leclerc. It's just the car that he's behind at the moment is just not at the level of Ferrari, uh, Mercedes, and, and Red Bull. So we'll see if he is able to challenge, you know, uh, for the top six spot. And even not, you know, claim his stake as the best of the rest driver, you know, but the likes of Esteban Ocon, Fernando Alonso, Valtteri Bottas, you know, ahead of those guys um, who are kind of, you know, aside from Ocon, kind of fading to the end of their career. So let's move on now, though, Rome, to Aston Martin, um, one of your favorite teams. Uh, <laughs> the boys in, in green and black. Listen, once again, I mean, are we sensitive to the theme here? Like, all these cars, like, do they, do they have, do they have uh, design, you know, manufacturers? Do they have any sense of feeling that this is a new season and that this is not 2022? I mean, the car looks exactly the same as, you know, the, the car did in 2022. Um, the AMR23 coming out at Silverstone. Lance Stroll, Fernando Alonso, you know, obviously the partnership there. But you look at last season for Alf, uh, for I should say, excuse me, Aston Martin, and you know they finished in seventh place, tied with Alfa Romeo. Um, and Nick Chargers for a tiebreaker, they finished in below them. But I mean, with Fernando Alonso coming to this team, they should be looking to improve, in my opinion. You know, they went from seventy-seven points in twenty twenty-one to only 55 in 2022. So they downgraded a little bit. Um, obviously, that was, that was driver-related as well. But, um, you know, Fernando Alonso, seasoned veteran, you know, Formula One champion, world driver champion, coming into the to, to, to Mr. Stroll Daddy's uh, squad. Uh, but he's next uh, guy in Lance Stroll that, let's just be honest, Probably is an F1 quality, Ron. I mean, your thoughts on the man in, in green and black, but also their outlook for the 2023 season. I could not agree with you more, Shane, because as we alluded, or as I alluded to AlphaTauri, and I said that Shane knows who the other team is that I'm like, it is by far Aston Martin. Because let me let me just dissect this livery for you for a second. Like, how in the world do you not change anything to the car other than those ridges on the outside of the quote-unquote bathtub or whatever they call it with the Ferrari car? Like, it's, it's there's nothing that changed with this car, and it makes me so mad. Because, like, I, I to me, though, maybe it's just because it's my first off-season, like, figuring out liveries and all that. And, like, I, I was kind of underwhelmed by a lot of these liveries because they're basically the same because I thought they add some throwing some art into it or whatever but especially Aston Martin like come on guys like I I don't know what I don't know what we're doing here with this car because it's literally the same car I'm sorry you can you can come at me all you want but you 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 and I both know I'm right let's just put that out there first of all and then when we talk about this disgusting driver lineup with Fernando Alonso and Lance Stroll if Coda taught us anything, the Circuit of Americas, by the way, there's no chance that these two guys are going to work well together at all. Alonso is one of, if not the most petty drivers in F1 history, and his teammate, like you said, Shane, is a paid driver who's only placed above 10th in two races and can't drive to save his life. And Stroll is, is deceiving and obviously not in the way that I mentioned 
about Albon and Joe because this guy is deceiving in the worst way possible. And because one moment he's riding towards the back half of the field, and then the next he's randomly in the top 10 in an improved car. Now, like I said, that car didn't improve towards the end of the year, so that should be something promising from a team standpoint. But it's just it's so many head scratchers for this team right now. Mm. And I know I'm teasing up my hot takes for these like drivers championships. Like honestly, with the way this is looking right now, I might have these guys 10 P10 in the constructors. I know oh. that might sound crazy. <laughs> I know that I know that sounds so crazy and biased, but I these guys are P10 material. I'm sorry. I this is I'm telling you, Shane, you're you're getting you're cheesing right now because you know that this you're salivated because you know this is gonna get on the real dog. Like you know this is getting on the real. <laughs> well, I'm it's, safe to say I don't have my work cut out for me at all because <laughs> I'm just providing bit after bit, you know. Take after. Hey, I just keep giving you content. You're the one that's got to put it out, bro. <laughs> yeah, I did the editing, um, but yeah, no, we I got your back there. But oh, I mean, good. Lance Stroll, 15th in the drivers' championship last season, Rome underperformed in an under in an underwhelming car, you know. Finishing behind the likes of Gasly, Magnussen, Sebastian Vettel, his teammate. And besides the the, the crazy uh the crazy sixth place result that he had in Singapore, um there's not any consistency. You know, his highest finish was tenth, other than that. Um actually I believe actually in Abu Dhabi he finished in eighth, maybe, but um there's just there's no consistency. And I know he's a young driver, but the only reason he's there is because his dad is there. Um, that's literally the only reason why. Yeah, only so, reason. Uh, there could be a there could be an opportunity in the next couple of seasons. You know, if 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 Stroll ends up deciding to leave the formula business, but I don't think he will anytime soon. Uh, fortunately for his son, um, but like a guy, um, in, you know, Daniel Ricciardo to come back into the sport. Um, you look at Mick Schumacher, who's you know now in reserve driver for Mercedes. Um, but there are some F2 drivers now that, you know, are probably looking at that seat and saying, okay, can we potentially get into that seat as well? Especially, you know, it's probably going to be Alonzo leaving before Stroll leaves, which is kind of crazy to say, but it's just reality, you know? Um, so look out for Aston Martin's, you know, lineup change in the next couple of seasons, especially, um, let's now move on. Uh, we saved the best for last from Ferrari. It was just a roller coaster season for the men, uh, the t- Tifosi last season. Um, I I just I don't have much words to describe my sadness when it comes to Ferrari. Um, starting out the season so promising in Bahrain and Saudi Arabia and Australia, but then absolutely being dominated in Romano. Um, Bounced back in Miami, but Spain was a disaster. Monaco was a disaster. Baku was an absolute horrendous disaster. I, there are so many pitfalls, and 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 not to uh, not to sound uh, sarcastic or to be blunt, but so many pitfalls um, with this team last season. Um, but their car, on the other hand, you know, once again, it's that. Luxury red Rome, and everyone's happy again. Looking forward to the new upcoming season, including myself. Um, they've they've snatched me on. It's the hope that kills you, they say. But 
Um, I'm excited for this Ferrari car, you know, and they, they, they didn't get, they didn't, they, they got busy, you know, putting it, they, they didn't waste much time putting right on the track, you know, with signs and the Clara. So your thoughts on, you know, Ferrari's iconic red and um, the new uh, SF23. I honestly like really do. I, I this, this livery kind of grew on me as, as the day mm-hmm. kind of went on because I first saw this on my phone, like at six o'clock local time in the morning when I got up or like, seven five little time actually um so like in the moment i was just waking up i'm kind of like eh, i don't know how to feel about this car yet but like as i'm looking at it like i don't know maybe if it's like the red they put on the car or in the shoot or like whatever but kind of like what i said about the wings car that red just pops like mm. that red just looks so beautiful with that kind of splashes of black and it kind of reminds me of like the 2000s cars where you just kind of have that like black wing in the back and like the rest of the car is kind of just like a not like a box but like you you if 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 you guys look up like 2000s like cars for Ferrari and stuff like that like this will kind of take you back to that for me at least I know I'm kind of a casual and I'm still trying to figure all this out but I feel like that's just what I connected to and I do like the fact that they put that white color on the font i i think the black on last year's car was kind of like not fun i do feel like that white kind of makes the numbers pop and especially for us announcers shane you'll know you'll know when i get this but like or when i say this but like they're like if if you're crafty in the in the announcers box trying to figure out where all these cars are going he'll be he'll figure out instantly who's the who's the clarin who's science just because of that white text so mm-hmm. just from that it 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 appears to be a great car for me i'd probably rate this like an eight out of ten honestly it's yeah. a really good car and to, speaking on this driver lineup and this outlook like like shane said we all know how far i did last year they started a hot and then monaco happened and I feel like that fumbled pit stop was a turning point for me, not just for Leclerc, but for science and the team and as an entirety. Because mm-hmm. after that, the team just literally leaned into their mistakes more and more. And I feel like that culminated at Paul Ricard where Le- Leclerc spun out and just screamed in pe- agony and pain. And we all we all know that scream. Like we've all heard that. If you if you watch that race and watch it back, like and you hear him scream, that's a lot of pent up feelings that are inside of him that just let out and you could tell the frustration was there from both drivers and the team but yet with all those issues Leclerc still got p2 in the championship which should still give him a ton of confidence going into this year despite all of the issues like i said and i do think science will have sort of a last year 2022 checo-esque role this year I think he'll make sure to push Leclerc into the battle with Verstappen in both Mercedes cars and title contention while also maybe picking up wins here and there because I feel like if, like, I, don't know, I forgot what I was going to say, but, and and with, like, Fred Vasseur coming into the leadership role for Ferrari, who obviously has experience with Leclerc, Ferrari should expect to be right back in the thick of things. But, Shane, if last year taught us anything, my guy, like, anything could happen with this team from a team standpoint mm-hmm. from a driver's standpoint like dnfs spin outs crashes like it, it's not just a trend with ferrari it's a trend with a lot of these teams on the grid so that's just my thing i think the one thing ferrari fans can look forward to is the fact that Matteo Bonotto will not be in the paddock anymore yes um 
And, you know, when you get, I know it's, it might be a small thing to some others, but personally, you know, especially to these drivers, I think just a little bit of a change and a, a little bit of refreshing, you know, taste and look for the squad um, and someone who's your leader, you know, you know, coming in, who obviously has experience in the Claire from his time, um, Alfa Romeo, Rome. Um, but yeah, I think Vassar would be a great leader for this team. Obviously, it's down to the engineers and their pit crew uh, to improve on what was a dreadful 2022. But listen, in my opinion, Leclerc is the second most talented driver on this grid. Um, you know, I, he he did finish 146 points behind Verstappen last season, but that was mostly not down to his team's you know downfalls. You know, so. Can things change for him in 2023? I hope so for his own sake. You know, I think his his window is opening um, to win a driver's championship, a world driver's championship. I, I think he has the talent to do it, and I think he has the car to do it, you know. And yeah. it's just, can their team just let Leclerc and Sainz do the talking? You know, can they not get in the way of them succeeding? And that's my question I have for Ferrari in 2023, because... In my opinion, Leclerc should be right up there with the likes of Verstappen and, and Hamilton as the as the favorites for this drivers' championship. So, we'll see how Ferrari does in twenty twenty three. We'll get to their, you know, predictions later on in the next couple of weeks. But we've got a couple of liveries coming up. Um, Mercedes, I believe, comes out tomorrow, Rome, yes, on the day of recording. Uh, the W fourteen. Let's just say it right now. I mean, it it better be black. It better be black. I I'm just putting it out there. It better be black, and it better not be none of that silver crap that I, that I've been seeing leaks of. So uh, even even you know promoting this livery for such a long time, it better give me back some memories of the W11. That's just all I'm gonna say. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm excited to see you know Mercedes come out. We got I believe Alpine in the next couple of days as well. Um, and is that, does that conclude our, our, um, our livery lineup room? Yeah. It wraps up after Mercedes and Alpine and we're done until what drive to survive and then the season starts. So, so you got drive to survive coming out for what, February 25th, 24th, 24th. There's a lot of content that's going to be coming your way. Oh, yeah. Um, we're really looking forward to that. You know, obviously we'll have, we'll probably have the Mercedes and Alpine have an episode out this weekend to you guys for um mercedes and alpine and for sure uh for schedules work up uh if they free up um yeah i won't be able to record saturday but sunday i should be free to put an episode out there for you guys maybe let's target an episode for monday um release uh for mercedes and alpine just like that we'll be done with liveries and we'll get into uh, driver survive and then we'll get into preseason testing and we'll get into our driver's championships and it's just an exciting season, you know. It's a young, it's a it's a refreshed look for us. It's a refreshed look for a lot of these drivers, and it's like Rome said, we, not, anything can happen in Formula One. But yeah, that's what we learned last season, and 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 then all the seasons that you know we've been following, you know, through Drive to Survive. So I'm just super excited for this year. I know Rome, you, I can, I speak for you as well. 2023, I think, is going to be in a fantastic year for Formula One, and. I'm just looking forward to March 5th in Bahrain because once that first lights out and away we go from Crofty, it's going to be a whirlwind of a season, in my opinion. Yep. But speaking of Ferrari, and the last thing I'll say about Ferrari is Rome. 
I think Leclerc. I I, I brought up someone's name. I didn't bring up the name. Um, a couple maybe a couple of days or a week ago or so, I said someone other than Max Verstappen will be winning the drivers' championship. Leclerc at at summer break. I think that person's going to be Charles Leclerc. Mm. Um, I think he's got the talent. I think he's got the the. I think he has the moxie, the poise to start the season really hot. Um, dare I say he wins the first three races in Bahrain, Saudi Arabia, and Australia. Mm. Um, like he won two out of three last season. It's just can he keep that consistency through a, what is it now, a 23-race uh, grid, you know, a 23-race schedule. Um, but I believe that at the end of the summer break, Leclerc will be leading the driver's championship. But can he finish it out is my question. Uh, so I'll leave you guys with that. Uh, before we get going, um, Rum, any final thoughts on all four of those liveries? But just any any final thoughts um, in general? Yeah, I just want to kind of preview Mercedes and Alpine though, real quick because Mercedes yeah. is going to be highly anticipated. Alpine is kind of underrated for me because they had that fire pink livery that they started out with for the for the first few races of the year, and then they went to the patented blue. So I'm interesting to see what they come up with because I feel like they're one of the most like progressive teams in terms of changing around the car and things like that. But yeah, after that, we got that episode for you guys. And then I think we'll probably do the drivers and constructors before drivers survive because I feel like it'll be a nice mm. little like stack up to lead up to yep. preseason testing and get some awesome content for you guys. We got a wild next couple of weeks for you guys. So I would if if you guys are listening right now, all I say is strap in your seatbelts. This is gonna be a fun, fun ride. Not just in the next two weeks, but from March to November. I think this is going to be yeah. the, easily the best season we've ever seen in a long time. And I can't wait to be on this drive with you, my boy. Yeah, March can't come soon enough. Just, not just because of the greatest postseason tournament in all of sports uh, is coming up, uh, dare I say, in March Madness, but also because of Formula One. So I just cannot wait for March. Um, and we're going to be able to talk to you guys, you know, for the rest of, this, uh, for the, rest of the calendar year about Formula One. We're going to have – so much to talk about and you know i think that's what i'm looking forward to just most getting back into the, our rhythm um uh, recapping races previewing races i think we're going to do a lot more of this season uh, i think we we kind of got a better grasp of uh you know analyzing i'm gonna try to do a little bit better job this season of analyzing the analytics behind formula one kind of delving into um some of the numbers aspect of things uh, especially you know from from past years and and kind of diving into the stats of Formula One is something that I'm I'm kind of becoming a little bit of a geek of to be honest with you. But um I know Rome gets to the same thing. So until next time everyone fans, yeah, this has been the starting good podcast with Rome Katie and Jane Holcomb. We'll see you for the Mercedes and and Alpine liveries in the next few days. Peace out. <laughs>